0: You sound good. (laughs) Tell your neighbors, say, you look good, too. Just tell them. (laughs) Say, you look good, too. Welcome to Red Rocks Church. Let me say hi to all of our locations. Hello, Littleton, Lakewood, Arvada, Evergreen, uh, men at the Colorado Territorial Correctional Facility. We love you guys. We're so glad we get to do church with you today. (laughs) Women at the Denver Women's Correctional Facility. We love you, ladies. We're so glad we get to be with you. And then just keep it going at every campus. Let's say hi to our brand new Brussels, Belgium campus. We love you. We love you guys like crazy. We're starting a brand new teaching series today called Battle Tested. And we're going to look at some guys in the Bible who have been through some stuff, who have been in some battles, been in some wars, been in some fights. And we're going to start asking the questions, well, what did they do that we need to do? And what did they learn that we need to learn? What did they know going into battle? What did they know when they came out of battle that we need to know? Because one thing we do know is every single one of us, we will go through battles, right? We'll go through battles at different times for different reasons, different severities, but we will go through battles. And so this is going to be a good series. This is going to be one of those series that has so much to do with what's going on in your life Right now, you're not going to want to miss a single week, and and Chad and I are really excited about where the teachings are going, and so a great series to bring somebody with you too. Um, If there's somebody that you've sort of had in mind, you've been waiting for the right chance, you've been hoping Chad's not speaking, you know that kind of thing. (laughs) Bring him this series; it's going to be good. We promise you. a few years ago, a really good friend of mine uh, named Chip Cleary, some of you may know him. In fact, Chip's over at the Evergreen campus this weekend, running volunteer teams so we can do church in the Evergreen High School. Chip is a friend of me and Chad's and a bunch of us around here. And a few years back, he said to me, he said, hey, man, he said, you're from Kansas. Let's go hunting. I said, dude, I'm the only person from Kansas who doesn't know how to hunt. Like, I've never been hunting. And he said, what? Let's change that. And so he started taking me and Chad hunting, and we started taking our boys, and mostly bird hunting. Um, Pheasants, chucker, duck, goose, that kind of thing. And and I have been loving it, and my boys have been loving it. And a couple years ago, Chip said to me, he said, hey, man, let's take it to a whole new level. Let's up your game, literally. Let's go for some big game. Let's go elk hunting. And that just sounds super manly. So I was like, I'm in. And I said, what kind of gun do we need for elk hunting? He said, oh, no, 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 no. We're going bow hunting. I said, you mean like, like cowboys and Indians? Like, ding, like what? I don't, I don't understand. And he's like, yeah, man, this is the real deal. And I said, Chip, I don't have any gear. I don't have anything. He goes, man, that's half the fun. And he took me to Cabela's and Bass Pro. And in one day, I almost got divorced. We got the boots, we got the long john pants and the long john top, and then we got the pants and we got the jacket and we got the jacket that goes over the jacket and, and, the, and the pants and the jacket were scent lock. You ever heard of this? Scent lock. And I said, what is scent lock? He said, it keeps your scent locked inside so the elk can't smell us coming. I said, I'm going to get Chad some scent lock pants for the office then <laughs> because he could use them. That's a whole nother deal, but I get boots, hats, baseball caps, stocking caps, sunglasses, face paint, mask. I, in fact, put that picture up there. That first picture. Look at, <laughs> that's a serious hunter right there. Of course, he's that particular hunter is not looking for elk. He's taking selfies in the blind <laughs> at the at the time. But that's what I looked like, and uh, we got the bow and the arrows and the tips and everything. And again, I had to go home and then move out once my wife saw everything I got. And he said, hey, all right, you going to you want to stay at elk camp with us tonight? I said, I'm not familiar with elk camp. He said, well, we got this campsite set up up in the mountains and we got tents and we're chopping wood and the whole thing. And I was like, those tents, do they have like beds and TVs and heaters? Then no, I'm not going to stay at elk camp. I'm going to stay in my house with the bed and the TV and the heater, I'll meet you at elk camp. He said, be here at 4.30. I said, that is horribly rude. (laughs) Don't you think if God wanted us up at a certain time, the sun would come up earlier, right? Like he turns the lights on, right? I think it's rude to get up before he turns the lights on personally, but that's another deal. So I get up at 3 a.m., I drive all the way up to the mountains, I get to elk camp at 4.30 a.m., and we're gonna go hunting. And we start Hiking. What I learned is it's not elk hunting, it's elk hiking. That's what I learned. And so we start hiking, and we're at like, I mean, 12 billion feet altitude. My heart's beating out of my chest. I can't breathe. And, and we just hike for hours and hours and hours and hours. And Chip, I mean, what he's doing, it's like it's like art. I mean, he's like a private investigator meet meets like Picasso, hunter. It, he's, he's showing me, like, see that tree right there? You see those marks? That's, that's, that's antler marks on the trees. And so the elk, they, they've been through here. And then he pulls out this little thing. And he goes, ksh, ksh, and it puts this little, pss, pss, and he goes, the wind's going seven miles per hour, counterclockwise. That's toward the western, the easternly fronts of a thing. And so we're going to come in around the elk this way. And, and he's looking at footprints and, and, and broken branches. And then he takes it too far. He picks up elk poop, okay? <laughs> I'm just saying he takes it too far. He picks up elk poop, and he holds it to his cheek. I'm not even kidding. And he's he's like, and I'm like, whoa, dude. Like I have tolerated a lot of stuff. I have bought a lot of stuff. And I have put up with a lot of stuff. But I'm going to need an answer. I'm going to need an explanation for what you're doing right now. You're holding elk poop. And he goes, shh. They were here an hour ago. That's a level of hunting I don't even want to go to okay? He's feeling the temperature of elk droppings to determine, I don't need that, right? But so we're hiking, 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 hiking. Day one, I don't take a shot at an elk. I don't even pull my little nothing. I just hike and about have a heart attack. Day two, same thing. Hike near heart attack. Day three, hike near heart attack. Four straight days, Okay, put this picture up of this next picture. This is me and Chip uh, just taking a break one day. Look how happy he is in the back. I'm just trying to survive there. He's so happy. He can't hardly keep that grin back. He's like a kid in a candy store. I looked at him. I said, Chip, dude, it's been four days. I'm like, can't believe we haven't got anything yet. And he goes, oh, dude, I've been doing this for 12 years. I've never got anything. that's information I needed about a week ago, bro. That's information before I about got divorced at Cabela's. That's information I could have used before four days of hiking over God's green earth with you. I'm like, what are you talking about? He goes, yeah, man, bow hunting's tough, man. We're on, we're on, we're on you know, public property. It's tough, 12 years. I'm like, you know what, Chip? I'm going home. I'm gonna pretend this conversation didn't happen. And I did, I went home. I'm done, I haven't been back. Two years, I haven't been back. He's like, you want to come elk hunting again? No, I don't, Chip. Because you don't do anything but hike. Well, he got an elk this year. Yeah, 14 years in, he got an elk. I'd put the picture up, but then i get a bunch of mean emails, and I don't need the trouble. So, But he got a big elk. I didn't see it because I went home two years ago. Okay, but he did. 14 years in, he got it. I just didn't know it took that kind of work. I wasn't going to put that kind of work in. Look, I don't think that, like, I didn't think the elk was going to come, like, waving a white flag and, like, lay down for a picture, (laughs) but I definitely didn't think it was going to be that kind of work. You know what I mean? So I'm out on the elk hunting thing. Um, We should talk about the Bible. Did you know (laughs) that there will be a time in your life and in my life where God gives us an opportunity to experience something? to be a part of something, to start something, to learn something, to be a part of something that's just bigger than us. He'll, he'll just, he'll put it right in front of us. He'll give us this door of opportunity and he'll give us a window of time to take advantage of this opportunity. And if you and me aren't willing to put in the work, we'll never see it. We'll never see it happen. Like, it could be something that God wants to give us, and it could be life-changing. And if we're not willing to do some battling, if we're not willing to do some fighting, if we're not willing to go to war, we'll never see it. We'll never get to stand way back here and and, and look back on the last several years of life and go, let me tell you about some things I experienced. Let me tell you about some miraculous things that I saw God do. Let me tell you about this. If we're not willing to stand in a position of being battle tested and telling stories like, yeah, I got to see God do some crazy things, but let me tell you, I've been through some stuff. It was a fight. Do you know that's possible? Let me show you what I mean. If you have a Bible, flip open to Joshua chapter 1. Let me give you a little context. You always want to get some context before you start trying to apply the Scriptures. The context here before we start reading Joshua chapter 1 is that the nation of Israel, who had been enslaved to the Egyptians for over 400 years, had been set free... They're now on the other side of the Red Sea. A whole crazy story happened and God did miracles. They're on the other side of the Red Sea, a free nation. And God said, I have a promise for you. I'm going to give you something that you've never had before. I'm going to take you somewhere that you've never been before. We call it the promised land. He said, I've got a promised land for you and I'm going to take you to it. And then they spend 40 years in this desert, but they've never seen it yet. They haven't been there yet. They haven't gotten it yet. And Moses dies. Moses was their leader who had gotten them out of Egypt. Moses dies, and then Joshua 1 happens. Let's read. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, the Lord said to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' aid, Moses, my servant, is dead. Now then, you and all these people, get ready. Red Rocks Church, get ready. Get ready to cross the Jordan River into the land that I'm about to give to them, to the Israelites. I will give you every place where you set your foot. Let me reread that. I will give you every place where you set your foot. As I promised Moses, your territory will extend from the desert to Lebanon and from the great river, the Euphrates, all the Hittite country to the Mediterranean Sea in the west No one will be able to stand against you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. Be strong and very courageous. All right, let's look at this for a second. God says, Joshua, as you know, Moses is, passed away. Now you're the man. Now you're in charge. And you're going to take this nation of people across the Jordan River into the promised land. And he says, I'm going to give it to you. I'm going to give you every place where you put your foot. Now, the first time I read this, here's what confused me. And, and, and I can't help but think it was a little confusing to Joshua at the time it was said to him. If God's going to give it to him, why does he need strength and courage? I mean, if God's giving it to him, if I'm going to give you every place you put your foot, then why does he need so much strength and courage? Not just a little courage, a lot. Don't be just courageous. Be very courageous. And I read that and I went, well, that doesn't make sense. Like, my son is turning eight this weekend. I put his picture up a few weeks ago. Sunshine. Sunshine's turning eight this weekend. And he's already weaseled one present out of us, and it's not his birthday yet. And so I already gave him a gift. I gave him a set of Legos that he wanted, which that's a whole ring of extortion, by the way, that whole (laughs) Lego thing, okay? But that's another topic. So I give him... This box of Legos, you know what never occurred to me? It never occurred to me to like sit down, Ashton, and go, hey, man, don't forget. I'll never leave you or forsake you. I want you to be strong. I want you to have courage. Now here's your Legos. (laughs) You see what I'm saying? Like if it's a gift, he doesn't need courage and strength for that. He just accepts the gift. Why does Joshua need courage and strength and to remember God's with him if it's a gift? I heard something this summer from a pastor. Pastors have been talking about this passage for years and years and years and years and years and years and years, years, but but when he said it, it just rocked me and I haven't been able to, to get rid of it and he was talking about this passage of scripture and he said, have you ever noticed in Joshua chapter one, God says, I'm gonna give you every place you put your foot. But look what Joshua chapter 12 says. Here is a list of the kings of the land that Joshua and the Israelites conquered on the west side of the Jordan. That's the promised land. These were the kings. The king of Jericho one; The king of Ai, or however you say that, one, the king of Jerusalem, one, the king of Hebron, one, the king of Jarmuth. one, and you can keep reading, and the list goes on and on and on, and then we skip down to the last couple verses, the king of Dor, the king of Goyim and Gilgal, one, the king of Tirzah, one, 31 kings in all. You know why God said, don't you ever forget that I'll never leave you, Joshua, you're going to need strength and courage. You know why I said that? Because I'm going to give you every place you put your foot as long as you're willing to fight the 31 battles that come with it. God was going to give him something that he, could, he couldn't even fathom, but he was going to have to be willing to fight 31 battles to actually accept the gift. And the exact same thing is true for us today, Red Rocks Church. There will be times, let me say it again, there will be times when God will give you an opportunity. To do something that's just outside of yourself, above and beyond yourself, something that could be life-changing. But the truth is, if you're not willing to put in the work, you'll never see it. If you're not willing to do some battling, do some warring, do some fighting for what God wants you to experience, you'll never see it. And if you ever want to get to this place in life where you get to look back and say, let me show you the miraculous things I've experienced with God, you're going to have to say it from a position of being battle-tested. And you're going to have to say something like this, let me tell you what I got to experience with my God. But let me also tell you, I've been through some stuff. Because it's going to be a fight, and it's going to be a battle, and God does want to take you to the promised land. But every promised land comes with battles. Every promised land comes with battles. It's a biblical principle, and you may say, why? I know I do. Why? Well, that. Why does that have to be the case, right? Like, I mean, if it's God's will and if it's God calling me to do something and if it's God leading me in this direction, then why can't it just be easy? Don't we think that? I know we think that because isn't it us? Aren't we the ones, the Christ followers, the ones that go, God, I want to serve you, point me in the right direction. And then we start walking down a path. And as soon as something goes wrong, we go, ooh, that must not be God's will. And we walk away. As soon as somebody disagrees, as soon as the finances don't look like they're working out, as soon as the doctor's report isn't what we thought it should be, as soon as we get a bad email, as soon as we get some negative feedback, we go, oh, well, I guess that's not God's will. I'll just go home. I didn't know it took work like that. Why can't it just be easy if God's behind it? I think Jesus gives us some insight into that in John 10.10. He says this, The thief, talking about Satan, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. Jesus said, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, you're starting to get some insight into the battle. There's a very real God who has very real plans for your life. And we don't like to think about it sometimes, and we don't like to talk about it because because we don't see it, but there's a very real Satan who wants to steal, kill, and destroy the plans that God has for you. So here's what it looks like God says, Here's what I'm calling you to do, here's where I'm calling you to go, here's what I'm calling you to give. Here's how I'm calling you to serve. Here's how I'm calling you to humble yourself. Here's what, I, here's what I got in store for you. Here's the dream I'm putting on your heart. Here's where I'm taking you. And every single time that happens, Satan's over here going, how can I steal, kill, and destroy that plan? God says, I got something that's going to be game-changing for you, that's going to be life-changing for you. And Satan's on the other side saying, how can I destroy it? So that means when God looks at me and when God looks at you and says, I'm putting an opportunity in front of you, you're gonna find yourself right in the middle between God saying, here's what I got for you and between Satan saying, here's what I'm gonna steal from you and you get to stand right in the middle. That's the battlefield, that's where it happens and we get to decide opportunity by opportunity, will I trust God and will I fight for this one? Even though it's not coming easy and even though it doesn't make sense right now, will I fight for what God's put on my heart, for where I think God's calling me? It's a battle, and we get to decide if we're going to fight. And so I want to ask you, I want you to start thinking about this for a minute. What's God been calling you to lately? Who has God been calling you to lately? What's he put on your heart? Is there something that he's been calling you to start doing, to stop doing? Somebody he's been calling you to help, to serve, Is there a path that you just can't can't quite explain it and it doesn't all make sense and the resources aren't there and and all the answers aren't there, but you just feel like like this is the avenue I think God's taking me on? And then you got to ask yourself, am I willing to fight for that? And for some of you, you're in a battle right now, and it's not because it's like this exciting calling that you're feeling, but it's because something has happened, something is going on. And I want to ask you, what are you going through right now? Like what are you dealing with right now? This is real life stuff. What are you trying to get through? What are you trying to overcome? And are you willing to fight? Because every promised land comes with battles. And then God says, if you are willing to fight. Let me give you some insight into what that looks like. 2 Corinthians 10 says this starting in verse 3 for though we live in the world we do not wage war as the world does we wage war it just looks different the weapons we fight with are not the weapons of the world we wage war with weapons they just look different on the contrary They have divine power to demolish strongholds. That's talking about spiritual battling, spiritual weapons in a spiritual war because the God of the universe has a plan for your life and Satan wants to destroy that plan and until heaven, he gets to try. And we get to stand in the middle and decide if we're gonna battle or not. It's a spiritual battle though. Ephesians 6 says, make sure you armor up When you're getting ready for some spiritual battling let's read a little bit starting in verse 10 finally let God speak to you some of you right now finally be strong this is the God of the universe who knows exactly what you're going through finally be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. It's exactly what we've been talking about. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. It's a spiritual battle. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. And after you have done everything to stand, stand firm then with the belt of truth buckled around your waist, with the breastplate of righteousness in place, with your feet fitted with the readiness that comes from the gospel of peace. In addition to all this, take up the shield of faith With which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil one. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. See what God's telling us here, Red Rocks Church? You're going to find yourself nonstop having to decide whether or not you're going to battle for your relationship with God, for your faith, for what he's calling you to do. And it's a spiritual battle. Look at all this warfare talk. It's a battle. It's not easy. I hear all the time people say, oh, Christianity's a crutch. Christianity's not a crutch. There's nothing easy about it. It's a battle. And some of you are in that battle right now for your very faith, and you need to start battling. Stop sitting back and saying, yeah, I'm in a battle. No, no, get aggressive. Get up on the battlefield and start battling. Get into the word of God. Let him speak to you. This passage, though, says you're gonna battle. And for some of you, you're in a battle and you need to decide it's worth the fight. My marriage is worth the fight. My kids, it's worth the fight. My faith, it's worth the fight. My relationship and intimacy with God, it's worth fighting for. What I'm going through right now, it's worth the fight. Where I think God's calling me, the dreams He's put in my heart, it's worth the fight. I don't have to always get the right answer. I don't have to always see how it's going to play out. It's worth me battling. But we can decide that only for us. And So we'd start doing what Ephesians was talking about. We start spiritually battling. We start praying like we've never prayed before. We start getting into the word of God, picking up the sword like we've never gotten into it before. And I want to encourage some of you to start doing that. Start memorizing some verses. Start praying before you start reading. Go, God, I don't understand all this, and I'm not perfect. Would you just speak to me through your word and start reading and just write down thoughts. Let the word of God speak to you. Start memorizing verses, quoting verses, putting them up around your house, whatever you need to do. Start reminding yourself of the truth of the word of God over what's wrong in your circumstances. Start fighting. You want to do some spiritual battling? Start asking God, is there an area in my life where I can be obedient that I'm not right now? You want to talk about some battling right there. If you missed last week's message, it was awesome. You got to go back and hear Chad's message from last week. It was all about radical obedience. You want to talk about doing some spiritual warfare? Start saying, God, I'll let you guide me wherever you want. Tell me where I'm out of line. And you're on the battlefield. I'm going to stand in faith. And I'm going to trust what your word says over what everything else looks like. And I'm not going to quit. And I'm not going to give up. And I'm not going to go home. Because when you go home, you miss it. And I was was laughing this week when I saw saw a a, a social media post of Chips Elk. I thought I missed it because I went home. And then I started thinking, I wonder how many times God has put opportunities in front of me game-changing kind of opportunities. And I've totally missed out on them because I just went home too early. See, that's what we do. We quit. We quit too early. We, we give up too early. We say, "This, I think God's calling me to give. And we start giving. And as soon as something doesn't look right, we go, whoa, must not be God's will. I'll go home. I think God's calling me to start this and then we start and then we get a bad email or some negative feedback or somebody doesn't like what we're doing or somebody doesn't agree with what we're doing. And sometimes we forget that the person who doesn't agree with us, they're not who called us. But we go, oh, well, it's it's not easy. It's not working out. So I guess I better go back. We just give up too early. Sometimes we forget that sometimes when God calls us to something, it's not going to be a cakewalk. It's going to be a battle. And maybe, just maybe, if you're in the middle of that right now, maybe you're exactly where God wants you, on the exact path he has in store for you. He's just waiting for you to stand up and do some fighting so he can start giving you some of the promised land he has in store for you. Every promised land comes with battles, Red Rocks Church. We're not exempt from that. And so let me ask you, some of you, I know right now, you're on a journey, and you feel like, man, I'm walking down a path, and I feel like I'm chasing down God's dreams for my life. He's put these dreams in my heart, and I feel like I know what he's calling me to do, and then all of a sudden, it starts to get tough. Let me ask you, has it ever felt like just impossible what you feel like God's calling you to? Like, I just don't have what it takes. I'm not equipped. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good enough. The resources aren't there. It just seems impossible. You ever felt that? Has it felt impossible? As you start to look at what you think God's calling you to do, have you thought, I'm going to need to pray like I've never prayed before if I go down this path? I'm going to need to rely on him like I've never relied on him before if I go down this path. I'm going to have to get in the word like I've never gotten in the word before if I go this way. If I keep walking this way, I'm going to have to humble myself. I'm going to have to submit some things. If those questions, if that's how you're feeling right now, then for some of you, you know what you need to hear right now? Welcome to the promised land. Because every promised land comes with battles, Red Rocks Church. We just need to know that going in. We need to know that ahead of time. But listen, if God's calling you to something, no matter how crazy it seems, no matter how much sense it doesn't make to everybody else around you, if God's calling you to something, know ahead of time there will be a fight. But because he's calling you, it's worth the fight every time. I talked to a girl this week in the Red Rocks Church family. Band, you guys can come up. And she reminded me that it's worth the fight. Her name's Rachel, and she's a single mother. She's in her young 20s, so you can imagine, and some of you know what it's like, but being a single mother in your young 20s, it's not easy. And she said, she said a year ago, things got really hard. And I wrote some notes from our conversation. I want to share them with you. She said, I felt like I was in this dark time. And she said something that a whole bunch of you, you'll know what this feels like. I know what this feels like and have known what this feels like at different times. She said, I feel like anxiety and depression, they're just a part of me. And she said, a year ago, I was in such a dark time that even though I had this little boy, I decided, because my mind was so twisted and I was so depressed and so hopeless, I decided that he would be better off without me. That I should take my own life. I should get me out of the equation. He'd be better off if my parents raised him. And because she was feeling so hopeless, like that made perfectly good sense to her. And so she made a plan to carry that out. And then here comes the creator of the universe looking down going, no, 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 you're my daughter. I got plans for you and he sends somebody to reach out to her. You never know. Every single time God puts that on your heart, I should reach out to that person. You never know what they're going through because they won't let you in on it. They'll try and hide it. You never know what God's doing. That's why we say, God, we're called to reach this city, not to get together and just sing songs and be happy for each other. We're called to reach this city. Send me to somebody. And somebody went to her and invited her to church. And she said, I hated church, and I was skeptical of church, and I didn't want to come. And she said, I went to a church service, and she experienced the power of God. And she said, in that church service, I decided to start fighting for my life. I decided to start fighting for my son. I decided to start fighting for my faith. She had no idea we were about to start this series. We're just having a conversation. I said, what did it look like for you to start fighting? She said, I decided to start actually praying consistently. Spiritual warfare, that's what she's talking about. She said, I decided to start reading the Bible often. She said, I made some relationship changes that I knew needed to happen. She said, I decided I'm going to stay pure until I get married. She started battling. She didn't have a clue we were getting ready to start a series called Battle Tested. And here's what she said, and I said, can I write this down real quick? She said this, she said, I'm gonna put on the armor and go to war. I said, you go girl. (laughs) Heck yeah, you are. She said, over the last year, God's given me confidence like I've never had before. She goes, but every now and then it's still a fight. Every now and then it still gets really tough. And I said, I know. And she said, just recently I started getting mind games again. And I started thinking like maybe it's not worth it. Maybe it's not worth the fight because I'm fighting so hard. And she said, I look at my son sometimes and I feel so bad because I don't have as much money as I wish I had for him. And I don't have a father for him. I said, don't you worry. I said, my mom was a single mom in her 20s. And we we had a tough go at it sometimes and she had a tough go at it sometimes but God does miracles. Your son's fine. She said, I just struggle. She said, I am struggling. And then he brought something home from preschool this week. And she, she, she gave it to me. She said, I want to give you this, this piece of art that her preschooler brought home. And would you go ahead and put that picture up? I love my mommy because... She loves Jesus. A year ago, she was so hopeless that she wanted to take her own life. And just one year after deciding, I'm going to fight, she's got a little boy who says, let me tell you what my mom's like. She loves Jesus. Red Rocks Church is worth the fight. Yeah, it's a struggle. Heck yeah. It's worth it. And as I was praying for today, I felt like that was all my job was, is to look at you as our church family and just tell you that God knows what you're going through and he knows what it feels like and he knows how hard it gets, but it's worth the fight. In fact, I don't need to say it. Let's just let him say it. Let's reread what he told Joshua because he would say the exact same thing to every single one of you that he said to Joshua. Let God speak to you. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. He said to Joshua the same thing he would say to you, which I I do have a plan for your life. Be strong and very courageous. And I don't know what God's calling you to, but I know it'll be a fight for you at times and it'll be a fight for me at times. But I do know this because it's our Father, our heavenly Father who sent his son to die for us, who will do anything in the world for us, who has plans for us. When it's him calling us, it's worth the fight every time. Let's pray. I thank you that you'll never leave us or forsake us, God. And I pray right now that we would really grasp that for a second no matter where somebody's at right now listening to this or watching this I pray that they would really grasp that right now, right this moment that you, the God of the universe, are with them you got a plan for them and now God I pray you help us fight help us battle Give us courage and strength as we try to take hold of the dreams you've put in our heart. At every single location with your eyes closed, let me ask a question. Do you already have a relationship with Jesus? But the truth is right now, you're in a battle. You feel like you're trying to walk down that path he's put you on, but it's not perfect and it has gotten hard and you have wanted to pack up and go home. Today, you just say, okay, I'm going to put on the armor and I'm going to go to war. But God, I need you. I need you to be with me. I need you to give me strength and you to give me confidence and you to equip me for every single step of this journey. If that's you, no matter where you're at, no matter what location, put your hand in the air. I'm going to pray for you. I'm with you, all of you second question is this you don't have a relationship with Jesus but right now you feel it you know it in your heart the God who created you is calling you right now this is your time you need to ask him to forgive you of your sins and you need to accept what he did for you when he died on that cross. You need to say, I'll take that salvation. I want to start a relationship with you. I want to walk away from my past and I want to turn my life to you. If that's you right now, raise your hand at every single location. I'm gonna say a prayer for you. Right now, You go. I need to ask God to forgive me of my sins and be the Lord of my life. Raise him up high. At every campus, raise him up high. Brussels, Belgium, raise him up high. God behind bars, raise him up high. Denver-based locations. Let's respond to what God's doing. Give him a chance to change everything. He said, taste and see that I am good. God, I thank you for what you're doing in every single one of our lives right now. I first pray for everybody who raised their hand and said they're battling right now. And I pray, God, that you would remind every single one of us that you're on the battlefield with us, that there's nothing that we can't do because your spirit is in us pray right now, God, for strength and courage in the name of Jesus. And God, I thank you for every hand that's been raised, people all over the place, all over this country and now other countries saying, I want to start a life with you. And I thank you, God, for the eternal lives that are being changed right now the new births that are happening right now into your kingdom, into your family. And I pray, God, as we begin to worship you with music, that we would all sense your presence like we just haven't before. And we thank you for what you're doing in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. At every location, can we stand up together as a church family in different parts of the world and let's worship one God together?